Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. Let me share the word of the Lord with you this morning. And I want to read from Genesis chapter 37 and verse 5. And it says in that verse, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told his brothers, and they hated him even more. That's a great scripture to start with, isn't it? Joseph had a dream, he told his brothers, and they hated him even more. If you know the story of Joseph, and I'm sure you do, he was the special child with the coat of many colours, uh, the special child, you know, a whole pile of kids in the family. And he had a dream, and in the dreams he saw, you know, people bowing down to him and him being a very important person at some time down the track. I want to talk to you this morning about the test of dreams. I'm sure we've all had dreams over the years. And uh, in this case here, the journey for Joseph from having the dream to having it come to pass was more than a decade. They say about 13 years from when he first saw the dream. And if you know the story, he had lots of trouble before the dream came to pass, right? I think when he had the dream, he thought it would happen tomorrow, like most of us. And I would say that everyone sitting in this church this morning has got a dream. I remember as a kid, I had dreams. In fact, I'll tell you about one of my dreams. I used to lie in bed at night and I used to dream of being the phantom. Now, Dolphy, I think you were called the phantom at one stage, weren't you? Uh, Ron Henry, let's not talk about him. But I, I used to read the comics, the phantom comics. I guess most of you, that's way... But, you know, if you think youth culture back then, a comic book was like a smartphone. You know, we didn't have phones, so you had comic books. And the reason you read comic books is there wasn't a lot of words, just pictures with a few words. And, like, the phantom was a hero. He wore his undies on the outside, like most heroes do. I'll be, I'll be pretty naughty this morning, but, you know, you'll forgive me, I know. And, um, you know, he was just always got the baddies. As always, he won in the end. He had the, you know, the skull ring they used to punch people with or leave a mark of a skull on their, on their jaw. He lived in the skull cave with the, with the pygmy people. Who remembers Guran, the little short guy? Yes, this is a real journey down memory lane for some. And the people under 30 are looking at me, what's this guy talking about? You know? So I used to think about being the phantom. It was my dream. So, you know, uh, he had a, what was the dog's name? Hero? Was that the horse? I can't remember. Now, the dog's name was Devil. The, ho- hero, the horse's name was Hero. He was, his, his name was the ghost who walks. When you think about it, it's not all that Christian, the whole thing. But I wasn't a believer back then. A ghost who walks, you know. But, you know, he had a girlfriend called Diana. And, of course, every time I came across a girl called Diana, I just fell immediately in love with them. I remember in grade six in Toowoomba at Harristown Primary School, there happened to be a girl called Diana in the class. And I would sit and stare at her all day in class. 
you know, thinking, there she is. That's the girl I'm going to marry. I met a girl called Diana in New Zealand when I was at Bible college. And I was keen on her. She wasn't that keen on me, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I've met my own Diana, but she's called Robin. And uh, that's okay. I can live with that. Yes. <laughs> I like to live dangerously. And so this was my dream when I was a boy, you know. Probably I forgot about it when I got to teenage years. But, uh, you know, that was my dream, to be the phantom. Obviously, it never ever came to pass. But everyone has got dreams, even kids. And uh, we should never, you know, put water on the fire of someone's dream because everyone needs a dream. But what I want to talk about this morning is the process of that dream actually coming to pass because sometimes it's a difficult road and I want to talk about five simple things this morning that helps us to understand the process of the dream becoming the destiny the first thing I'll talk about is the time there is a time you know the bible talks about seed time and harvest they are eternal principles you know when you sow a seed you know it's not going to grow a plant tomorrow it's going to take some time it's just a principle So time, you know, is always part of a dream. Sometimes time can be a friend. Sometimes time is an enemy. If you leave a glass of milk on the table for three or four days, time is an enemy. It ain't too good after three or four days. But for the wine in the cask at the wineries, time is a friend, they tell me. I wouldn't know about wine, but they say that wine becomes better with age. I know that my wife has become better with age. (laughs) Scored a few points there, I can tell you. So there is this principle of time, seed time and harvest, and often when there is a dream, well, I reckon just about every time there is a dream, there is a process for that to come to pass, and it takes some time. We must... When we have a dream, as far as the Lord is concerned, see time as our friend and have a long-term focus about what I am becoming and how I can move into the fulfillment of that dream. John Maxwell says, leaders are not developed in a day, but they are developed daily. And the process of a dream is to keep our focus on something while God works on us to get us in the right place at the right time so that we can do the thing that he's planned for us to do. And look, I had dreams about ministry when I was a young man. When I became a Christian, got fired up for God at the age of 16 at a youth camp, immediately I had a dream of ministry. And you know, some of those dreams from way back there are still coming to pass. It's not all happened yet. So time is my friend. God is still preparing me and preparing you. I mean, I believe that every person should have a dream of doing something great for God. No one ever dreams of being a failure. Hello? You know, most people don't lie in bed saying, oh, I wish I could be a failure. No one does that. I wish I could be a flop in ministry and a big pain in the neck to the pastor. No one dreams like that. You might be a pain in the neck, but that's not your dream. We want to do something positive with our lives. It's human nature. And of course, when you touch God, God is the dreamer of all dreamers. You know, he's got plans. In fact, he had plans for you before the world began. 
He had them all sorted out and he's sticking bits of them in your mind and in your heart and slowly getting you in the right place in the right time so those dreams can come to pass. No time is wasted as far as God is concerned. I've been a full-time minister since I was, well, much younger. 1975, I became a full-time preacher. I was a youth pastor at Calvary in Townsville. In 1978, at the age of 24, I was a senior pastor in Mount Isa. I've done nothing else all my life. If I flop at this, I'll have to go on the dole. I have no other skills. And God is still preparing. You know, I'm 65. I know I don't look it. I look about 25. With a beard, I look 65 years. And God is still doing the preparing work. Time is still my friend. There is still stuff that God is doing in our lives. So there is a process. In the, in the life of Joseph, you know, he declared the dream to his brothers. They didn't understand it. They were angry with him. So there is the time where we declare the dream. Then there is the trouble that Joseph went through to get his attention and, and sort him out. And then the other thing I notice about Joseph and his life is that there were certain gifts that God had given him, his great gift of interpreting dreams. And that was the thing that kept opening doors for him. You know, when he was in the prison and he started interpreting the dreams of the baker and the butler, then eventually he interpreted dreams for the pharaoh. You know, your gifts will help you to fulfill your dream. They will open doors for you. There is a scripture that says your dreams, sorry, your gifts will make way for you. And in the case of Joseph, he had this great skill of interpreting dreams. And every time he got into trouble, this gift just came through. And as he used the gift, it kept him getting closer and closer to the fulfillment of his dream. God's given you gifts, friend. And as you use them, they will bring you closer and closer to the dream that God has put in your heart. Does that make sense to you today? God gives us gifts to help us move towards our dreams. And in his case, it was the interpreting of dreams. And of course, his character sustained him on the journey. And then, of course, finally, there is the destiny where Joseph went from the prison to the palace in one day. But the journey to that day was very long. So God has a dream for you. It's in your heart. It may take many years for it to come to pass. But in, the, in, in one day, God can change things. Hello? In one day, God can turn things around if you stay on the journey. So the first thing we need to understand is there is a time element to dreams. Don't be impatient. If you're like me, you want everything yesterday, but just be patient. God is working on you. And obviously, if the dream hasn't come to pass, you're not in the right state you're not in the right place. You're not in the right situation. And God is still moving to get you there. Don't fret. Don't worry. God's in control. So the second part about the dream after the time is about the journey. And if we look at the journey that Joseph went through, we, we notice that most of his time of trouble and preparation, he was serving someone else's dream. Hello? Joseph became loyal to Potiphar, first of all, in his house and served Potiphar. 
and he was elevated in the house of Potiphar. Then, of course, the wife did the wrong thing. You know, Potiphar's wife told bad stories about Joseph and he got, into, got thrown into prison. But in prison, he served the people. He saw the sadness of the people. He forgot about himself and he started interpreting the dreams of people in the prison. So the thing about the journey to your dream is that on the journey you'll be helping people with their dream. Are you with me? Often we have the dream, we just fold our arms and say, oh, well, come on, Lord. But remember, the journey for Joseph was many, many years and all of those years were never about him. All of those years are about fulfilling the dream of somebody else, serving somebody else. So don't sit on a stool and say, God, I've got the dream, I'm just waiting. No, no. We serve others on the journey. That's part of our training process. That's part of our learning. That's part of our character development. And listen, these were not great people he was serving. Potiphar was... Not the greatest man on earth. He believed a lie from his wife without checking it out. And he wasn't the greatest leader. I don't think the Pharaoh was the greatest leader. They were never the greatest people, but he served them regardless. And here's the issue. It's not about the quality of the leader. It's about the quality of your following. That is important. The quality of your following is more important than the quality of the person that you're following. We all serve the dreams of other people. It doesn't matter how long we've been around. Even when we're seeing the fulfillment of our own dream, we're still probably serving the dreams of others. Joseph spent his entire life serving someone else's dream. But by doing that, his dream came true. He added value to other people's lives. And you know, real godly dreams are never about us anyway. They're always about other people. We might have our wish lists. They're not really dreams. I want this, I want that, I want something else. You know, we've all got those. I've got a bucket list of things I want to do before I kick the bucket. Whether I get to do them all, I don't know. I'm planning one of them for next year. I want to ride a motorcycle around the Smoky Mountains in the USA. I've saved up all my frequent flyer points. I gather a few of those. So I'll get free tickets to the US. I've got friends over there with bikes. I'll do it on a shoestring. I want to ride a Harley Davidson down the Florida Keys. My wife wants to visit Denmark to see her ancestors' homes over in Denmark. Do you know my wife has a very famous dead uncle, great uncle, in Denmark. His name is Carl Nielsen. He's a famous musician. We've been to his um, museum. She's very famous. They found out who she was and treated her very like she was some celebrity. I sorted that out when we got home, I can tell you. We've all got our wish list, but that's one thing. But the real thing is about the dream, the vision that God has placed in our hearts. And it's never about us. It's always about other people. 
So the dream that Joseph has was not about him being the top dog and everyone bowing down to him. The dream was really about the salvation of the nation of Egypt and the salvation of his own people during the time of famine. That's nowhere near about Joseph. That's about other people. And if your dream or aspiration for the future is just about you, it's not a godly thing. It's always got to be something about other people or it's not a dream from God. The third thing we notice is that on the journey, we must keep the heart right. God will test our attitudes. God certainly tested Joseph's attitude, didn't he? You know, he's dreaming about him being up here and everyone bowing down to him and he spent the next 13 years bowing down to other people. You know, God tested his attitude. But it seems that Joseph kept a good attitude along the journey. We must control our attitudes. As with Joseph, his brothers misunderstood him. Potiphar misjudged him. In prison, he was forgotten. Remember, he interpreted the dreams of one of those guys and said, when you get out, remember me. What did he do? He clean forgot him. All these things where people disappointed him along the journey, his brothers who should care for him, being the young boy in the family, hated him and got rid of him. But he, he, it seems he kept a good attitude. And I believe that we should keep a good attitude as well. I think in the prison he saw the sadness of other prisoners. He saw the baker and the butler. And the compassion in his heart eventually got him out of the prison. His love for other people got him out of the prison. Did you hear that today? His love for other people got him out of the prison. Everyone else in the prison is angry and got stinking attitudes and all that stuff and here is one man with a good attitude thinking about others caring for others and that's what got him out of the prison in the long run friends if you feel like you're in some sort of prison just start loving other people god will get you out god will get you out of prison if you start focusing your attention on other people during the um, uh, second world war there was a guy called victor frankel he was a prisoner And he said these words, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last thing of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Hallelujah. You know, there's only one person that sets our attitude, and that's us. I can show you a guy that's had a good life and everything's been just great and everything's falling into their lap, and they've still got a bad attitude. And I can show you another person who struggled right through all of their lives and they've still got a good attitude. You are responsible for your attitude. Your boss isn't responsible for it. Your fellow students aren't responsible for it. Your wife, your husband is not responsible for it. The pastor's not responsible for it. Only you are responsible for your attitude. Only you. And I believe part of the process of getting us ready for that dream is dealing with our attitude, keeping it positive, keeping it good. I think I said when I was here last time, the last thing I want to be is a crabby old man. You know, I don't want to be that. I've given my wife permission to give me a good smack over the left ear roll if I become a grumpy old man. I'm responsible for my attitude. You know, you talk to some people, oh, the attitude just stinks and it's always everyone else's fault. It's not. 
It's mine. I set the attitude. No one can take that from me. No one can set it for me. I'm sure it'll be tested a few times. But I am responsible for my attitude. And everybody said? The fourth thing we see in this story is that there were doors of opportunity, but they never really looked like what he would expect. I mean, he's had a dream and suddenly he's in a servant, a slave in another nation. That's not how I would imagine God bringing a dream to pass for me. So the thing about Joseph is that opportunities to get to the place that God wanted him to be always appeared, but in ways he did not expect. Who would expect to end up in prison if you're going to be the leader with people bowing down to you? Who would expect that if you're going to get thrown into a pit, you know, and your father being told you're dead? It just seems the wrong way around. And so what this tells me from this story is that opportunities sometimes present themselves and they don't look like opportunities. They look anything but opportunities. But God has a wonderful way of presenting opportunities and if we have the right attitude, we can walk through those opportunities. They always look different to what we expected. God got Joseph to Egypt, which is where he wanted him to be, by selling him as a slave down into Egypt. God uh, did many strange things to get Joseph in the right place. To get him to be the governor of Egypt, he made him a prisoner. Remember Jonah? He got swallowed by a fish to get his attitude sorted out and get him in the right place. Everything flows through some sort of connection and some sort of opportunity which may not be the sort of opportunity that we are expecting. The dreamer gets developed so the dream can come to pass. The road to the palace for Joseph was through the prison and he had to keep his attitude right all the way through. The fifth and final thing is that we need to persevere, never give up, just hold on. We know that if we quit, the dream will never come to pass. Destiny means pain. There is never a, never a champion without a battle. We just need to keep moving forward. It's not easy. We just need to keep moving forward. Even when you fall on your face, you realize you're moving forward. You're still moving forward. If you stand in the one spot, you're moving no better. If you fall on your face, at least you're moving forward. I've used that in my ministry many times, fallen on my face quite a few times. But you're at least going forward. It's the right direction. Paul talks about pressing on. Those wonderful verses in Philippians where he talks about, I haven't attained, attained the goal just yet, but I'm pushing forward. I don't consider I've arrived, he says. But, you know, I'm pressing for that mark, the prize, the calling in Christ Jesus. I consider myself nothing, he says, that I might win Christ. Always Paul was moving forward. Did the guy have an easy life? I don't think so. You know, he was bashed, he was flogged, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned, not on marijuana. He was stoned several times. His life was not easy, but he kept moving forward. And the dream was the prize. That, you know, he just wanted to, 
to be what Christ wanted him to be. So he kept moving forward. He had many setbacks, but he kept moving forward. There's always a reason to quit, but there's also a good reason to continue. And that is the dream. Joseph just kept going forward. He might have gone down a bit, but he kept moving forward so that eventually he could get to see the fulfillment of that dream. And do you know how I know his attitude was good? you remember when his brothers turned up to get food? And here he is, he's the second most powerful man in Egypt. And there's these guys bowing down before him, as the dream said, asking him for food, asking him for help. He had the power in his hand to get rid of them, to get revenge, to wipe them out. And those wonderful words, when the fear struck their hearts, when they realized who he was, he said, am I God? You meant this for bad, but God meant it for good. He realized that God had used all of those circumstances to get him to this moment where the dream was being fulfilled. And the dream wasn't about him, remember? It's about the Egyptians, it's about the Hebrew people, it's about his brothers. Those men that he could easily have hated and got rid of, he had love for them because the dream was never about him. Friends, this morning I want to encourage you with your dreams. You know, every one of us has dreams in life. We have aspirations, we have things we want to achieve. If we don't have any dreams, we're probably dead. Because it's just one of those things that happens in life. We always have dreams. Some of you listening to me here today, you might think, well, it's never going to happen. Don't be too sure about that. God has a way of just bringing life out of death, bringing fulfillment out of difficult situations, opening doors in the strangest ways. Because he's God. He can do that. I want you to walk out of this place this morning, friend, feeling encouraged about your dreams, about your future. You might be in the middle of the prison part of your journey at this time. You might be in the Potiphar's house part of your journey where people are just bagging you and, you know, accusing you of things you've never done. That's not the end of the journey. There is an opportunity. God is the dream-fulfilling God. If God gives the dream, he will give the door of opportunity for it to come to pass. Keep your attitude good. Don't become bitter. Become better because of your journey. And who knows what is just around the corner for you. Your long journey, the, the day might be tomorrow. It might be the next week. We don't know. I want to encourage you, keep your eye on Jesus, keep the dream in your heart, keep your attitude good, and keep moving forward. Would you stand with me while we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you just lift your hearts to God for a few moments here? I know that everyone in this room will have a dream. It's just part of life. We've got to have them. Whether you're young or old, doesn't matter. We still have dreams. They're there. 
just lift that dream up to God again this morning. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.